Bibles out, and in just a moment, I'm going to be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 8, so you can put one finger there at Romans chapter 8, and then I'll also be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll be reading these two verses here in just a moment. In these last couple of weeks, as you will recall, we have been teaching you about that portion of your being that Paul referred to as the inner man. All of you are created triunely. You're created body. This is what everybody sees first thing. We all see the shell that we've been given. Some of our shells are really nice and others are kind of wrinkly and hairless and other things. But we won't mention that too much. Because that shell is not who you really are. So there's that portion of you, there's the soul portion of you, which is the second part. The soul is where your mind, your feelings or your emotions exist, your ability to make choices, your will, all that exists within your soul, your personality. So that's the second aspect of who you are. And then there's this third aspect that to be candid with you gets neglected. We, we, we think about how we look, we, we spend money on it, we tend to it. We spend how many hours in front of mirrors doing things in order to make sure it looks presentable. In our soul area, sometimes we'll go expend lots of money and dollars on counselors and other people in order to help us understand why we think the way we think and why we feel the way we feel and why is it that I made the decision that I made. And So these two areas sometimes get a lot of attention, but it's this third area that really needs a lot more attention. In fact, it ought to be the most important aspect of who we are, and that's called the inner man, or at times the Bible calls it your spirit. Small s, not capital S, small s, your spirit. So you are body, you are soul, and you are spirit. And we told you, uh, previous to this lesson, we told you that That when God comes and he lives inside of you, if you've opened up your heart to Jesus Christ and you've received him as your personal savior, the Bible says that he comes in and he lives inside of you. And you may say, well, where does he live in there? And we oftentimes will say, well, he lives in my heart. And that's just a imagery for your spirit or your inner man. He lives in your spirit. Think about that for just a minute. God lives in you. Isn't that an incredible thought? Now keep that thought right there and then begin to think about all that God is, all that he can do, and all the things that we would associate with God. And if he's living in you, then all of that is there inside of you. So all the victory you will ever need is located there already. Are you hearing me? All the deliverance you will ever need is already in there. All the provision, all the resource, all the healing... Everything you need is inside of you. That is why the word says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. It's there. And so the key to me has been, how do I get what's in me out? How do I get what God has placed in here, this treasure in an earthen vessel, is what Paul said. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. How do we get this treasure unlocked, opened up, and begin to access the riches that are in there? And so that's what we've been talking about. And so, and so we've been just sharing. We've been sharing on Sunday, and we've been sharing on Wednesday night as well. In fact, I encourage you to come on out on Wednesday. We've been teaching some great lessons, if I say so myself. I think they've been pretty good lessons on Wednesday night, talking about accessing that spirit portion of us. No greater issue should concern you. 
Can, can I just say this to you, that if you could get a hold of how God works in that area of your life, I could save you thousands and thousands of dollars on psychiatrists. And then you could put that into the possessing the land campaign. And... Yeah, you I, I'm telling you the truth. I know, I know it was kind of a, but I'm telling you the truth. I, I mean, if you could get a hold of that aspect of who you are, I, I, I'm telling you all the, you know, all the issues of, of, of life that we just throw money at and we, it consumes our time and our energy and our thoughts and, you know, we, I could, I could, I could get you exactly where you need to be in Him. You got to get a hold of that. It, it, it should be the most important area, but surprise, surprise, surprise. You know, quoting the great theologian Gomer Pyle. <laughs> we, we, we neglect this part the most. And, and it ought not be. It's the key to your success. And so we've dealt with realizing what we have we've dealt with imagination if you hadn't heard imagination go to the go to the itunes website and listen to imagination that has that has so totally changed my mind i know i'm just visiting with you here for just a moment i'm going to share this but lisa boyd had an idea that she gave to scott who shared it with the men and it was such a good idea that i hijacked it lisa i just wanted to give you credit i hijacked your idea because she, she had heard that imagine message and she began to do some things. I'm not going to tell all you can ask her what she did. If she wants to tell, she can tell. But she just did some things to help imagine. And so when Scott shared it, something clicked in me. And, and right now in my book, uh, I have this book where I keep notes and other things. I've written out three, and, and I realize this is the area of finance, and I apologize, but it's an aspect of what we're going through in this season as a body. But I've written out three imaginary checks. One is written to me, that I'm believing God to get to me. And then the next check is what I'm going to let go of. I'm imagining that I could really write that kind of check. And then I got another imagined check that someone's going to write to the church. And so I look at these nearly every day. I pull out these three checks and I look at this nearly every day, imagining in visualizing, why do you do that? Because my faith needs some substance of things hoped for. And so I'm just imagining that. And you may say, well, that sounds silly. Well, that's fine. You do it your way, I'll do it my way, and I'll smile all the way to the bank. Amen. But we talked about imagination. We're going to have to visit about confession one of these days and impartation. But today I want to talk about manifestation, which is really, I think, a cool word. So I entitled the lesson this morning, No Longer, No Longer Mere Men or Women. No Longer Mere Men or Women. Ladies, I understand the Bible sometimes uses the male gender in order to talk about humanity at large. So if I say men or mankind, just forgive me and realize you're included. All right, this is for men and for women. In Romans 8, 19, listen to this now. Romans 8, 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You ought to underline that in your Bible because what that verse is really prophetically speaking to is you. 
It's speaking to you and it's speaking to me. That this whole creation is earnestly, eagerly longing. The Greek actually means it is, it is travailing over their need to see somebody who reveals God in the earth. That's you and me. The only Jesus, remember the old saying, the only Jesus some people are going to see is you and me. Well, there's more truth to that than you may realize. First Corinthians chapter three. I want to read one more verse and then we'll get cooking here. First Corinthians three, verse three. Paul's talking to the Corinthians. He begins by saying he couldn't talk to them as spiritual people, but as fleshly or carnal people. They were actually, he declares them to be babies. He said he couldn't go to the meat. He had to keep feeding him milk. They weren't able to receive it. And then he says in verse 3, For you are still carnal, or you are still fleshly. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere men. And the lesson today is no longer mere men. The two verses that I've just read to you in Romans and Corinthians really represent two polar opposites of human existence. One of these verses says that the world out there is waiting. They are eagerly waiting. Sometimes they don't even understand what they're waiting for. They don't get it. Remember, they're blinded. They have veils over their eyes, so they don't really understand all the times what it is they're waiting for. But nonetheless, there's something inside the world that is eagerly needing to see sons and daughters of God. Now, that's not just doctrine. It's not just theory. We're not wanting to deal with the theology of it, but the world wants to see a revealing or a manifestation of people who've got the goods. When you look under the hood, it's not just a pretty car, but the motor's okay too. They want the goods. They want to see, does this stuff work? Do the things you talk about, teach about, preach about, believe in, do these things really really happen? Can it happen in somebody? Can I see it for myself with my very own eyes? The word reveal or the word manifestation I wrote in my notes means, write this down, this is great, Jesusized. Jesusized. It's not something you get at McDonald's. It's, it's something you get when God lives in you. Jesusized. That's what it means to be manifested. All of a sudden, the, the works, the character the abilities of the Lord himself begin to seep out of you into real life. What he did, we begin to do. Don't think that funny. He said it was so. He said, the works that I do, you shall do, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. Now, it's interesting, is that you can read through the whole Bible, and the whole Bible, you will see characters in here, all sorts of people, who are the beginnings of this manifestation. That's why I believe the word was partly given to us so that we could see that there were people who actually began to understand how it worked, what it meant to begin to manifest the reality that was working in them by faith. How many of you know when Peter walked on water, that was pretty amazing. Now, he only got a few steps under his belt, but none of us, uh, us have gotten even that far. There was there was an ability that happened in him that he began to master even the elements that were around him. Uh, and, and even for that short little journey, he begins to demonstrate a possibility. When he goes by the temple gate and he sees the lame guy that's been there for a couple of decades, and he's begging for alms, and Peter says, silver and gold, uh, I have none, but what I have, 
what I have, I can give you. And the man gets up and he's healed. How about that you get to such a place that you're just walking along and your shadow begins to touch people. And as those people touch your shadow, there's so much glory that's working inside of you that your very shadow heals people. That's amazing. That's remarkable. We read these stories and we almost read them like Dr. Zeus stories. We just kind of go, oh yeah, I've heard that one before. That happened. Amazing things. Paul and Silas are in a prison. They so understood how to access spiritual things and the power that's within them that they just began to praise God and an earthquake happens and the prison door opens up. And as they're walking out, they're just not scurrying to get out of town, but they decide to get the jailer saved on the way out of town. That's remarkable stuff. Amazing things all through the Bible. He gets in a shipwreck. Paul begins to swim to an island, I, I, th- I believe it was Miletus, and as he's on this island and they're getting wood for the fire, a snake jumps out from the flames and it's a poisonous viper and it grabs him by the hand and the scripture says that, that Paul shakes it off. And people look and he's unaffected by the poison, he's unaffected by what has just taken place and they begin to declare him a God. Now realize he wasn't God, nor should he have been declared a God. But in the minds of people who had darkened understanding, they looked at him and all they could identify and say is, you are acting like a God. Are you with me? There was something about his life that said, it's other, other earthly, it's otherworldly, it's, it's other naturally, it's supernatural. These were not mere men. They're not some isolated incident or unique individual, but all through the scripture we see examples of what happens when men or when women who were who are born under the same conditions and curses that they were born under do you realize that none of the people in the bible save adam and eve nobody else in the scripture was born any different than you and i were born you you need to understand you can't say well these were all unique special people no they weren't they were born the same way you and i came into the earth Messed their diapers just like you and I did. Everything that you and I went through, they went through. Born under the same curse, born under some difficult situations. In fact, at times, they had even worse situations. But they had an ability to begin to comprehend this treasure that was inside of them. They understood the inner man. And if we don't get this revelation, then we will forever look and walk as mere men. Which is exactly what the Corinthians were doing. Paul looked at him and said, I know you got some gifts happening here. I know you all shabba-dabba-laba and you all speak in tongues. I know you do all these things. And he affirms it. He says, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just telling you, though, that despite the fact you got a couple gifts popping here and there. And you got some other things that appear as if God's working in your midst. He goes, I'm telling you that you're fleshly, you are sensual, you are carnal, and you walk as mere men. I'll be the first to say this, that the charismatic renewal and the, and the renewal movement did so many wonderful good things for us, but we still walk as mere men. 
And we've got to get to the place where we break off the mere man mentality and we understand that we were sons, we were designed to be sons and daughters of God. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how glitzy it is. It doesn't matter if the lights turn up and down and all around. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you, I I like that stuff to communicate with, but ultimately it won't get one person out of a sick bed. It won't set one cocaine addict free. It won't break your bondage. It won't take off your depressions or your discouragements. You need God. Amen. And God's going to come through people. He's not riding over the hill with the cavalry. He's coming through people. I think I put it on the screen. If not, just write this down. It's a key key concept. God is wanting to reproduce himself in us. He is wanting to reproduce himself in us. I'll say it again. He is wanting to reproduce himself in us. That is his dream for his people. Now, I'm going to read you some verses because, you know, I can say all kinds of things, but if I don't read a verse, there are some people that say I don't believe it. So I'll just read you a verse or two here. John chapter 1, verse 16. Listen to this. John 1, 16 says, And of his fullness. Do we all know what fullness means? Yeah, it means it means full to overflowing. And of his fullness, we have all received. Can you just dwell on that? Is that not remarkable? His fullness is in me. His fullness is in you. You didn't get it by working at it, straining at it, striving for it. It's in you. It says grace for grace. Philippians 2.13. This is even a better one. Philippians 2.13. We read these words. It says, for it is God who works in you. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God's at work in you. Doing what he does, his ability at work in you in order to accomplish his will and his good pleasure. That's just, these are remarkable things as I read them. Second Peter 1 4 says this, that you and I have become partakers of the divine nature. Wow. His nature is in me. Now, I understand there are going to be all kinds of people that say, well, if his nature is in you, you, you're a long way from Jesus. You don't look anything like him. Then that is true. There are days I'm quite sure I don't look anything like him. I'll just look at you and say there are days you don't look much like him either. And so we're all guilty. But here's the key. Just because we're guilty doesn't mean that's where we stop. The problem is most of us walk as mere men. And yet at the same time, we have all of this working inside of us. Should it really surprise us that, that the same inclinations that are in the heavenly father can operate in all of his children and all of his people? But because we've never taken the time, expended the energy, got the revelation to press into this, we just decide, well, it must be his will to walk as a mere man. Hence, we make bumper stickers that put, that we put on our cars that say, we're not perfect, just forgiven. Well, that's true. I'm forgiven and I'm not perfect, but that's not where it stops. Because the bumper sticker tends to announce to the world not to expect anything different from our life than what they're living. That's what the bumper sticker says. Hey, I'm exactly the same uh, person as you. Exactly the same as you. The only difference is I got my passport stamped and my fire insurance purchased. That's all that's different with me and you. And that is not true. 
It's not true. I'll stand up and say it, and I know it'll sound a little arrogant because you'll have to get your religion off for just a minute. It's actually very humbling. I mean, you can't get to this place without a whole lot of brokenness and yieldedness. But the fact of the matter is, as a believer, I am different. I am different, and as a disciple, I'm different too. Yes, I am. I ought to be different. God is in me. He dwells in me. I belong to a new order of creation called the born-again bunch. I have access to God's ability in me. I am unstoppable because he is unstoppable. I can petition him boldly 24-7 anytime I want. I am in league with angels. I have the full backing of the kingdom behind me. Nothing is impossible for me because nothing is impossible for him. If God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me can prosper. There is nothing Satan can throw at me that my shield of faith cannot extinguish. I have the backing of the Supreme Court of the universe. That's in me. I am different. You're different. You got to get a hold of that. Now, if you walk around arrogantly, God will resist you. If you walk around pridefully, he will resist you. But you can get a confidence in him with humility and brokenness, which leads you to the place where you say, there's no ground in me to be weak anymore. There's no ground in me to fail anymore. I cannot fail. Failure is no longer in my vocabulary. Because the minute I pick up failure, I begin to walk as a mere man. But the minute I begin to understand who it is that does his work to will and his good pleasure inside of me, it's not me. I'm just this, this shell that gets to be used for a season by God himself. But as God works in me, I cannot fail because he cannot fail. And if I forget that, then I will walk as a mere man. A mere man. You're just a mere man. I've had people look at me before and just say, hey, you put your pants on the same way I do. Well, that's true. That's true. But when those pants get on this body, they're born again drawers. I mean, they're just. They're powerful pants. Are you getting this? You know, most Christianity qualifies for mere man status. We walk around as mere men. That's why the world kind of rolls its eyes at us and doesn't think really we're all that much. And to be candid with you, we hadn't given them much. And we need to change that. And that's what we're going to do. Now, first let's deal with how do we walk as mere men. Let's just kind of talk about what it is that causes us to walk as mere men. And there are just three quick things that I want to give to you here. Number one is... We walk as mere men when we are led by our senses. When we are led by our senses. In that Corinthian passage, if I could get you to shift the word carnal and put in the word senses. And just begin to understand that when we walk by our senses, we are being mere men and mere women. Now, on Wednesday night, I taught this to the Wednesday night crew. Had a good crowd on Wednesday night. And I may pick it up again, and I can't go through the whole thing that I told them. But all of us have five senses, and whenever I do this, I always get mixed up. There's touch, there's taste, there's smell, there's seeing, and there's hearing. Right. Hey, I'm getting good at this now. And most of our life, we assimilate information through those five senses. You evaluate all of your life by those senses. You uh, have it come in, 
Through the senses, you send it to your brain, you file it away, and everything that you come to know and you come to expect has basically been uh, synthesized or analyzed through some sense. And, and those senses are very powerful, powerful things. And you don't even realize you're doing this. We all do this without even thinking about it. I mean, we, we, we see, we touch, we smell, we taste, we hear. And all of this happens in us, and there's not a single thought about it. But what happens is, that's dangerous, is this. That we begin to think that everything that can be known or should be done can only take place through those senses. And we forget that that's not all that we are. Sure, the body has senses, but that body is only one-third of who I am. Even if you throw the soul in, it's only two-thirds of who I am. But truth of the matter is, I have an inner man, I have a spirit. And that spirit is not affected by my senses, it is affected by what God says and by faith. And unless we get a hold of this, we will forever see what we can do. So we've got to understand that if we're going to walk according to our senses... If we're only going to walk according to what makes sense to us, what fits within our scope of experience, what fits within our understandings that we have come to at this particular moment, you are never going to see miracles. You have got to begin to function in faith. Function in faith. Your senses access the natural, but your spirit man and faith accesses the supernatural. So you're never going to smell your way to a miracle. You're never going to, you're never going to be able just to talk your way into, now there's confession and we'll talk about that later, but you just aren't going to be able to just kind of motor your mouth along aimlessly to get into a miracle. You're not going to be able to necessarily touch your way into a miracle because the things of God are not accessed through the senses, they are accessed by the Spirit. I really hope you're getting this because I am teaching you right now how to get into the miracle zone and we can no longer be moved by our senses senses now i'm not saying that god always violates your senses but i'm just saying your senses can betray you your senses can can you can touch something one time and think it's good and then the next time it'll be bad you can you can see one thing once and think it's good and the next time it's bad i'm just telling you you will go on a roller coaster ride if you live by your senses but if you can begin to live by the spirit you'll begin to see miracles take place so that's number one we 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 Walk as mere men when all we access is our senses. Number two, we walk as mere men when we lose our God consciousness. God consciousness. I want you to write on a piece of paper kind of this, this, this phrase. Put down on the, on, the, on the piece of paper. Put down righteousness. Right, well, in fact, put down righteousness consciousness. Isn't that great? Some of you are going, how do you spell righteousness? All right, righteousness consciousness versus sin consciousness. There is a battle going in us almost continually of what it is we're going to be thinking about most of the time. Now, I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. and Let's just say all of us want to live holy. We all want to live with integrity. We all, all want to live uh, you know, above board. So we'll just stipulate that. Everybody's wanting to do what's right. But here's the thing that's interesting to me. This is the reason why sin is a problem. Sin is a problem because the instant sin takes place in your life, it drives you back to your senses. I'll say that again. The minute sin takes place in your life, it will instantly drive you back into your senses. I know that because I can read Genesis chapter 3. That the instant the instant Eve and Adam partook of the fruit, it drove them back into their senses. Because, And again, this is a pristine environment, but they're walking around naked as can be. 
they're able to interact with God very freely. They're out in the open. They can name animals. They get revelation insight. I mean, it's a fairly pristine environment. But the instant sin comes into the equation, all of a sudden, they know they're naked. They've got to cover themselves. They're functioning in fear. They're hiding from God. All of, all of a sudden, we, we begin to find this difficulty that exists that was once there as they interacted freely and openly with God. It is now broken and it's alienation and all sorts of things that are happening. Well, here's the problem. And I, 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 this is another thought. And I wrote this down. It says, a greater awareness of sin will not cause you to avoid it more. A greater awareness of sin will not cause you to avoid it more. It will not cause you to identify it better. Rather, a greater awareness of the righteousness of God in you will cause you to prevail more. This is what our problem is, and maybe it's not yours, but it has been mine, is that you want to do what's right, you want to avoid sin, and you think, okay, i got to avoid sin, i got to be on my toes, i I, I got to make sure that sin's not happening. And everywhere you look, that's all you see is sin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of life, if it doesn't look that funny externally, it's going on internally. Because you're trying to avoid sin. And we can all say, that's great. Hooray. But we've gone about it wrong. We've got to begin to dwell and have a greater awareness of the righteousness of God in us. To dwell on the power of God in us. To dwell on the victory of God in us. It's the same thing that a counterfeit currency inspector does. He doesn't look at counterfeit bills all day long in order to better understand the counterfeit. But he dwells on real bills. He looks at real currency and he dwells on that in order that he can identify that which is counterfeit. I want to suggest to you that if you'll begin to dwell on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that's been given to you through the cross, it'll keep you out of more sin. When I began to consider through this fast, it's been amazing. One of the things that has happened is that through the fast, it has caused me to consider in greater measure the righteousness of God that exists in Christ Jesus. And it's amazing how in that there's a greater feeling of prevailing. There's a greater feeling of safety. There's a greater feeling of, of, of triumph and victory. And we're losing our God consciousness. You've got to realize you're no mere man. God's in you. You're powerful. That sin that's out there is nothing compared to the power that's in you. Don't look at the sin and think about, wow, it's such a big sin. It sure does pull me a lot. I wish it wasn't there so much. If somebody would just take that away, it really wouldn't pull on me. What do you do that? Begin to say, greater is he, greater is me. I can prevail. That is nothing. That is nothing in my life compared to what's going on inside of me. Are you getting me? I feel like I'm hollering. You're all just looking at me. God conscious. God, I mean, if you get a God consciousness, why would you drag Jesus into that stuff? I mean, if you had God consciousness, why would you want to pull the Lord into that mess? If you had God consciousness, what, what, what do you mean you can't do that? Yes, you can. Because you can do all things, right? Through Christ who strengthens you. Number three. Why do we walk as mere men? It's when we cannot receive fresh understanding. It's when we cannot receive fresh understanding. Paul said that they couldn't take meat. He said they couldn't get meat. He had to continually bottle feed them. He said, I have to continually give you milk. You're still babies. And because of that, he said, you're mere men. You're mere men. Now, my feeling is this. that They may have been orthodox. And you know what's really interesting in our society? We have a lot of people who are orthodox and, and, their, and their theology, at least they think is correct, and all their doctrines in order. 
but they're still fearful. They're still depressed. They're still sick. They're still weak. They're still in bondage. There's still all of these things, despite the fact that they've got, they think their all doctrines all figured out and correct. And the reason is because they keep getting the same old milk and they gotta get a little meat in their system. And the meat is this. The meat is revelation. The meat is unveiling. The meat is the ability to hear something that you haven't heard before. Do you realize my job isn't just to endorse what you think already? There are people that come to church and they want to find a church that simply endorses everything they already know. You know what that's called? In my book, that's called unteachable. Because I have to go hear things that I've never heard before. Weigh things that I've never considered before. Does that mean I take it all in? No, I don't take it all in. But you know what? There are some people that do know more than me. And it may come to surprise some of you, but there are actually folks that know more than you. And you need to be open to hearing the meat The revelation of truth, the unveiling, the Bible says, of mysteries, understanding the deep things of God. Let me ask you, you may have great doctrine. I've had people come up and argue with me after service in my 25 years of ministry. I had one guy come up and he goes, I listened to your sermon. And I just wanted to know if you were using Durkheim's process theology. And I just want to go. How many people did you get out of their sick bed today? I know your life. I don't give a flip that you've got all this knowledge. Your knowledge has gotten you nowhere. You're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You've got a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. You're a part of the crew that Paul said would be the last day's church. And I'm not with you. I'm not going down that route. I want to know what it takes to have the goods get out of me. Does your doctrine look like Acts? Because I'm here to tell you the book of Acts is what you get when you plug in what Jesus said. Amen. But the problem with the Corinthians were that they could not take advantage of who they were. They just continued to be mere men, mere women. They just sort of stumble bumbled around and came to their love feasts and got full and belched and didn't save anything for the other people that wanted to be there. And, and they're just mere men. Mere men. Well, I believe mere man mentality is being broken. And so the question is, how do we now become a manifested son? How do we become a manifested daughter? How do we begin to reveal that which is in us, access that which is in us? Number one, here you go. This is the, this is the positive stuff that you need to implement. Number one, you have to begin to exercise your rights as a child of God. You have certain rights. Do we not have certain rights as an American citizen? We have rights of habeas corpus, at least at least now we do. And uh, we have other rights of citizenship. Well, you have rights in the kingdom of God. And you have to, you have to apply those rights and exercise those rights. It says in John 1, verse 12, it says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right. If you would say this morning, I've received the Lord, then it says here, verse 12 is for you. To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He was saying, you've, you've been given rights because you just weren't born into the earth in the same old natural way, but you were born from above. You were born from God. Therefore, you have certain rights as a child of God. And when you assert your rights as a child of God, that is not presumption, but that's God's inheritance. That is his will. You are an heir. That's what the Bible says, that we are heirs and joint heirs. So when fear comes, listen to me, you have a right to cast it out. When sickness comes, you have a right to ask for healing. When the bills come due, you have a right to claim your prosperity in Jesus Christ. These are not hope so's. These are rights that you have. And if you refuse to assert your right as a believer, what happens, and this is what happens in the church today, is that we begin to hitchhike off the few who do. Amen. Ha <laughs> ha. Got you by the tail. Come on now. If you're a believer, you've got rights as a believer. You can arise. And Tracy in this uh, new DVD series, they're going to be showing you how your brain works and how you can begin to implement even some of those rights in your brain. In order to take care of the depressions and discouragements, but you got to exercise your right. Number two, the book of Romans 8.14 says that, that you begin to function as a manifested son when you are led. Everyone say led. When you are led by the Spirit. Romans 8.14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Notice it says that we're led by the Spirit. Didn't say you were led by your senses, did it? You know, it's interesting to me that, in fact, Trace just reminded me of this just a week or two ago. I don't remember now, but I think you said that, that in all the Gospels, we only have about three weeks of Jesus' life recorded in Scripture. 19 days. Think about that. 19 days of Jesus' life is all we have recorded in what we call the Bible. Now, we know that he didn't even come on the scene and manifest himself as Messiah until 30 years. So... So there we have at least 30 years. And could it be, and I'll just throw it out here, that those first 30 years, as he came and identified with all of us as a real live person. I know he's fully God, but he's also fully man. And could it be those first 30 years were spent by Jesus, him learning what it meant to be led by the Spirit, learning what it meant to begin to hear the voice of God, learning the things that will ultimately cause him to be who he was in our sight and recorded in the scripture. What we have recorded in the Bible is only the tip of the iceberg of what Jesus actually did. In fact, John would end the gospel by saying, if all that was recorded were put into a book, the volumes couldn't even be held. What we see by way of miracles and power and all of the incidents are only the tip of the iceberg. And my question is, what could we begin to do if we learned how to pursue this area of being led, not by our senses, but by the Spirit of God in our spirits? What could begin to happen when we began to realize that what He did, we can do, and greater works than these? What would begin to happen? And it isn't going to happen until we begin to imagine it, and we begin to confess it, and we believe it, and we begin to act in it. We must be led by the Spirit. This is where it begins. This is where it starts. And then finally, number three, how do we become a manifested son when we begin to confess who we are in him? 
who we are in him. First John 4, 4, and I'm coming in for a landing. First John 4, 4, it's the famous verse that says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But right there in the front of that verse, sometimes we never hear this, but listen to what John writes. He starts out by saying this. You, everyone say that's me. <laughs> you are of God. I'm just going to dwell on that for a minute. You are of God. Now that's powerful just in the English, isn't it? But you know that word of in the original language actually comes from a derivative which means to be cut out of the same mold. So when he says you are of God, he's saying you, you have been cut out of the same mold. That's so true, isn't it? He created us in his image. We are cut out of his mold. We were in, on God's imagination. Do you realize right now all of us were once an imagination in the mind of God and then he created us in his image or in his imagination? So here we are manifested out of his imagination. We are of God. We are cut out of the same mold. The things that exist in him and are attributed to him are in us, not because of us, but because of him who is in us. I always say this because there's someone that will walk away and, 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 and say, pastor's saying that, that we're God. And pastor's not saying that. Believe me, I've been around you, you've been around me. How many of you know we all ain't the Lord right now? I mean, none of us the Lord. But the Lord is in there. And you know what the Lord says about himself? He says that his name, his name, Yahweh, Jehovah, his name literally translated means I am. Is that not right? And you, you've heard the compound names of God, Jehovah Rapha, you know, God, my healer, Jehovah Nisi, God, my banner, Jehovah Shammah, the God that's there, Jehovah Sidkenu, the God, our righteousness, God, our righteousness. So there's these compound names of God. And it's I am. What he's saying is I am righteousness. I am there. I am uh, a healer. I am your banner. I am all these things. Well, it's interesting that I am is in us. And because the I am is in us, then I am something. Because he's in me. So now that I am. I am. And with confidence, I can declare, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am. I am, according to Deuteronomy 28, I am above and not below. I am blessed coming in and going out. I am. I am blessed in my baskets and my barns. I am. I am blessed not only coming upon me but overtaking me. I am. I am somebody in him. I am powerful. I am prosperous. I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. I am. I am. You say, well, you don't look like it and you sure don't feel like it, but that don't matter. I am is in me. I, I'm not doing my feelings or my senses anymore. They have betrayed me. I am now going by my inner man. There are sometimes I feel good. I have seen people who feel perfectly normal and yet have had cancers raging in their body. So are you going to go by your feelings? I don't think so. Don't you trust your feelings. You trust the God who's inside of you working in your spirit. You can. You will. You shall. That's God in us. And I'm telling you, we are on the brink of a new era. This city needs a people who can look at them and say, the I am is in here.
All of creation. That's okay. There's, we, we are not, listen, the Bible says we call those things that be not as though they were. Doesn't say that we deny those things that are as if they weren't. So Tracy nor anyone else has to walk around and say, as they're going, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not. No, yes, you are. Don't cough on me. But what Trace does is I am healed. I am delivered. I am whole. I am mending. I shall prevail. And she shall. I'm sorry. I, she wanted it to happen an hour after she said her confession too. And maybe it'll take two days. Maybe it takes five days. Maybe your battle with disease will take you several months. But you better get a confession in your mouth and a revelation in your spirit. Or it'll kill you one day. I'm telling you, you we've got to start speaking and believing no matter what's going on around us. And we're going to have to hear this as a congregation. Because, you know, we face some challenges and we prevailed and we're standing on a real victorious moment. But don't you think the enemy isn't going to challenge a few things along the way? Don't you think he won't challenge your finances and your checking accounts and all those things? He will challenge it. There will be something that will happen that will challenge you. That all the things that you wanted to do for God will suddenly be eaten up by something else. And instantly you'll jump to your senses and you'll go, well, God, it just doesn't make sense. You go, Get out of that thing. Come on now, you've got to begin to believe and you've got to begin to speak and you've got to begin to see. All of creation, this whole region is anticipating, eagerly awaiting, he said in Romans, this unveiling to take place. Do you understand? They're not looking for the new next top 20 hit. They're not waiting for who's the next singer, the next model, the next sports figure. This is Super Sunday, and they'll interview all of these athletes. And these athletes will come, and, and they'll share what they think about the game. And they'll talk about this and that. But you know what? When it all boils down to it, they're still mere men. And I'm telling you, this whole world may stop for a Sunday to watch an athletic event, but this world will be mesmerized by a generation that arises and is a manifested son or daughter. And somebody's got to start the journey. It just doesn't happen. It's not just twitch your nose or I dream a genie. It's not that. Somebody's got to take the journey. That world longs for this. They don't even know what they long for at times, but they long to be with a people and be at a place that has a real solution, real power, real answers, because life isn't getting any easier, friends. It's getting harder and more difficult. It's getting troublesome and tough. And it's not like all of us would admit that are older now. It isn't like when we grew up, is it? It's not like when we grew up. It's a lot tougher to be a kid these days. It's a lot tougher to parent these days. It's a lot tougher to let your marriage go forward in these days. And it isn't going to get easier 20 years from now. This is getting darker and darker. The Bible says in Isaiah, gross darkness will come upon the face of the earth. But here's the good news when he says, arise and shine for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And kings and princes will come to the brightness of your rising. And they ain't coming for me. And they ain't coming for you. They're coming because the God who is alive and well is working in us. He wants to find a place and a people where his ability in them will be acted upon in the earth. We can, we can shout and walk out and it's no different. But we've got to be a people who will act on. Act on. 
speak out that which he's put in us. He wasn't mad at Elijah. He wasn't mad at Elisha. He wasn't mad at Peter and he wasn't mad at Paul and he wasn't mad at any of these biblical characters for their fearless actions. They acted on what they had and God delighted in it. He wasn't slapping them and saying, quit that. You quit healing the sick. People are going to think, think that you're something. You just quit it. You quit that stuff. You, you quit raising the dead. You quit that signs and wonders stuff. Just quit that stuff. They'll get the wrong impression. Well, you don't get that out of the Bible. The Lord is like a wealthy man who wants to set his children up in business. He has set us up on this earth to do business in his name. He has everything necessary, all finance, all power, all all character, everything necessary to release to us in order that we might do what Jesus said. He said, occupy or do business until I come. And I believe this day it wasn't just transacting in the marketplace, but it was transacting things in the kingdom. I don't want to be a mere man. I don't want to be a normal pastor. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Maybe I wasn't anyway. But it starts by really repenting for being a mere man and embracing what you were really designed to be. You can do a whole lot more in him and we can do a whole lot more in him than we ever imagined. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. I rejoice that $262,000 came in. That's a remarkable number. But do you understand that is that. That's remarkable and that's a start for us and we should rejoice because it's some of our first steps. But there's going to come a day when we're going to need ten times that amount. Now that may be at the moment you say, whoa, but I'm telling you, on that day you will go, give me that mountain. Give it to me. Give it to me. God can do it. Let's stand, shall we? Amen. Thank you, Lord. For an anointing that's in this room this morning. Thank you, Lord, that there were numbers of people that came into this room this morning and they brought with them an anointing. And together, Lord, that anointing is cooperating with each other and with the Spirit of God right now to become a powerful thing in this place. And Lord, I believe right now, as we honor you and as we honor the work of God inside of your people, Lord, as I honor what you're doing inside of me, Lord, it's all you. We can't do this. As mere men, we can do nothing. Jesus himself said, I can only do the will of him who sent me. And Lord, if that's all Jesus could say, how much more would I have to say it? I can only do what you're up to. But Lord, I believe you're up to a lot more than we've given you credit for. And Lord, right now, we just honor the presence of the Holy Spirit. We honor the anointing of God in this room. We honor the fact that That you are powerful in this place. And that there is nothing that can stand before you. We honor the fact that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We honor the fact that there is no sickness that your stripes can't utterly wipe out. We honor you right now that there is no addiction or no bondage, Lord, that can reside in any human being that your anointing cannot break. For, Lord, you stand above everything. Lord, there's no discouragement, no depression that that exists in people's minds at this very moment that is so massive that it can't dissipate right now in the presence of the power of God. We believe that with all of our heart. 
We believe it, Lord. It's not something we're hoping for. Come on, I not, I, I bind that spirit of, well, would it, could it, should it. I bind it and say, yes, it can. It will today, now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord, that, that you're leading sons and daughters. That as they go from this place, they're going to be led by the Spirit of God. That they're going to sense you pointing them in certain directions. And Lord, it's not going to be just because it smells, it sees, it tastes, it hears, or it touches right. It's because God is in them. Leading their steps all along the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're going to open up doors right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that there have been some closed doors and we've taken them to mean that somehow or another you just shut them down and we respect that and want to make sure that's the case. But there's some doors, Lord, that have just kind of had a, had a roadblock to it and you're giving us an anointing to break through some areas. You're the God of breakthrough. You told David, I am the God of breakthrough. So, Lord, breakthrough is in people right now in Jesus' name. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that no challenge that comes before us can stop us. Thank you right now. I want everyone to say, say, I am unstoppable. Say it with me. I am an overcomer. I am a new order. I am born again. I am in league with angels. I have the backing of the kingdom. Nothing is impossible. If God is for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me can prosper. Whatever gets thrown at me, my shield of faith will extinguish it all. I have the backing of God himself. Jesus is my backup. Amen. Come on, you believe that? Come on now, you believe that? Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to do real quick. We got, we got plenty of time, so just bear with me. Everybody hang tough. Bear with me. I'm going to pray right now for the sick again. If you're sick in body right now, I just want you to come to the front and just line up right now. If you're sick in body, just, just make your way on up. And we're going to pray for the sick right now. And maybe Don, if I could get you or Laura, why don't you just go and, and I, I know you worked on something there and just get ready and we'll put a little music on here in just a second. Yeah, we see. See, this is good. I'm. I'm. It's good to see canes. It's good to see. It's good to see uh, crutches. It's good. It, that's good. It's good to see God on the spot. Amen. Because God delights in these things. He delights in these things. Thank you, Lord. Come on now, everybody in the house. Begin. If you pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit right now. If you're in the house, begin to thank the Lord for healing that is here. We're not, we're not hoping it shows up. Healing is in the house right now. Come on, begin to thank the Lord for healing and wholeness right now. We believe, Lord. We believe. You say, well, what if, don't, don't get the what ifs yet. Come on now. We're going to believe right now. We're going to keep pressing in right now. God can do this. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. In the name of Jesus, come on, thank God right now, folks that are down front. Thank him for an anointing for all things. Come on, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to heal bodies, that there's an anointing here to heal. In Jesus' name. I'm going to touch you. And at that moment, you just lose your faith. And, and there's going to be healing that takes place right now. 
Svetlana, your body's going to be healed right now. In Jesus' name, we just say healing begin to take place right now. In Jesus' name. Healing, the power is on her, guys. The power is on her. Healing right now. Healing, healing, healing. I'm just going to keep my hand here, honey. God's just going to heal your body right now. That's what's going on right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing virtue. Healing virtue is being released in this body right now. Healing virtue right now is being released right now in Jesus' name. You don't strive. You don't have to strive for it. You just have to say yes. Just receive. Yes, I take it in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Just receive in Jesus' name. Healing's happening right now in your body. Healing right now is happening in your body. Hallelujah. Vicki, right now, the Lord just gave me a word. And the, and the word of the Lord says you've been, you've been challenged by an area right now. You've come and presented yourself. And you've been challenged for a while in this area of sickness. I don't know what it is. But right now, the Lord says that the years are going to be broken. And the burden of the years that have come upon you that have made you wonder whether or not it could be so. The Lord says, I'm sending my word this day to break that. I'm breaking that in you right now. Even the doctors have said that this is something that's chronic. You'll probably have to face for the rest of your life. And the Lord says, daughter, that is not my report. For I am breaking that off you. And even as I'm breaking that off you, I will leave an anointing for you to look at others who have the same affliction and begin to say, yes, it can happen. It happened to me. And you will have an anointing, says the Lord, even in this area to do that. Receive it this day, says the Lord, and watch as I do this thing in your life. Hallelujah. Healed in Jesus' name. Healing in you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Virtue. Virtue is being released right now in your body and in your mind. Lord, you've mended it to a point, and now it is stopped. But, Lord, we declare it shall not be stopped. It is unstoppable in the name of Jesus. That's just the power of God. That's all right. They're okay. Thank you, Lord, right now. Virtues being released in your people. Virtue right now in the young and in the old. Right now. It's being. It's being. It's being. It's being manifested now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord's drying. He's drying. He's drying some things right now. D-R-Y-I-N-G. He's drying these things right now to be made manifest, to be cleansed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, right now. Wholeness, health in Jesus' name. We release healing, healing power, healing virtue. Lord, right now in this man, in Jesus' name, I declare this area, this chronic area now is being healed. I release it in this man, in Jesus' name. Be whole. Be whole. Be whole. Hallelujah. I'm breaking the patterns of even the time when things flare up. Lord, I'm breaking those patterns, breaking that timetable in the name of Jesus. Declaring healing right now. Healing upon you in Jesus' name. It's breaking that yoke. It's breaking it right now. In Jesus' name. It's reversing. There are things reversing right now in your body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just, folks, I'm just calling it out as I kind of hear it here. Father, thank you right now that there's wholeness and healing that's happening in this woman right now in Jesus' name. Yes, it can. Yes, it can happen. In the name of Jesus. Healing power and virtue in Jesus' name. 
in this young one, in Jesus' name, healing. Healing's taking place right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Which foot is it right here? Which one is it? Is it that one? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak, I just speak healing to this leg right now. I speak strength to this thing. Let power begin to be released right now. Virtue into this leg to mend right now. Lord, show yourself. Show yourself to be strong. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Health, healing. In the name of Jesus. Healing to your body right now. And anointing to break all the, the, the last remnants of all the tentacles. We're, we're pulling out all the final tentacles in you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Is in your wrist? Lord, in this wrist right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing and wholeness right there. In the name of Jesus, Lord, virtue being released to this wrist. Any lameness is being broken right now. Lord, what's in me, let it be released right now to bring healing to this area. In Jesus, healing right now. In Jesus' name. I release it. I release it. Guys, you can go ahead. If you want to sing that song, just go ahead and just sing in the background. Be fine. Thank you, Lord, right now. In Jesus' name, be whole, be well, be mended, be whole, be well, be mended. Be whole, be well, be whole, be well, be mended in the name of Jesus. Be whole, be well, be mended in Jesus' name. From the top of your head to the sole of your feet, be mended. Be mended right now in Jesus' name. Be mended in the name of Jesus. Healing, healing in Jesus' name. Healing upon you in the name of Jesus. Mend this young man's body in Jesus' name. Healing, healing in Pam right now in Jesus' name. Lord, in the hip and the leg areas, let virtue begin to manifest itself. Hallelujah. Let it begin to happen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, healing, wholeness, wellness. In Jesus' name. Healing right now. Healing in this body. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It may have just started, but now it's beginning to cease in the name of Jesus. Breaking that, that pattern right now in Jesus' name. Be healed and behold. Be healed and behold right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that as touch is happening, you're just releasing power. In the name of Jesus, Lord, over this littlest of one. Heal and mend her body, I pray. In Jesus' name. Let an anointing rise up in mom and dad. Lord, for, for healing power in the house. In Jesus' name. Upon this woman, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that health is coming to bodies right now. Health is coming to bodies right now. Mending, Lord, in the smallest of ones, in Jesus' name. Lord, be mended in the name of Jesus. Be mended in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for health. Health, Lord, and mom and dad, power, gifts. And this young man, in Jesus' name, Lord, healing to his body. Let an anointing burst up and make a distinguishable difference right now. In this man's body, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's begin to thank the Lord now. Can you just start thanking Him? Just begin to thank Him. Come on, let's thank Him in the house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for mending and healing. Hallelujah.
Come on, what have we got cooking here? Anybody that's got a difference that they can just, sometimes you can't tell. I've seen it happen through the day. Svetlana and Mary. Oh, I'm going to come get you now. Tell me what's going on. I don't, I just, but I, my ra- nose was raining and uh, I call and I feel like clean. It's all clear now. That's cool. Okay, well, that's okay too. God bless. Anything cooking? Oh, we got some down here. All right, I'm coming your direction. We overcome him by the word and our testimony. My back was hurting earlier and doesn't hurt anymore. It's gone. All right, that's all right. Mary, what happened? I couldn't, I couldn't breathe very well. My lungs were really heavy, and I coughed twice, and you laid your hand on me, and I could feel clearness. And I have no pain in my body now. All the aches and pains are gone. Amen. Amen. I wish, you know, healing and all the power stuff is mysteries at times. Why does God move instantly and then he mends some on the way? And I wish I had an instant answer. All I know is I've got to do what I've got to do. I've got to do my part. That's what we, we've been praying. And I know Trace has been standing and pressing. And yet you face a week of this stupid stuff. And why is that? Well, I think it's our moment to just keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. You just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you just got to keep believing and keep standing and keep trusting. Why? Why can't God just zap you? And I, I, because we just keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. We, we, we are not moved by what's going on in our bodies. We are moved by faith. Amen. Amen. Before I go, I always do this. If, if there's anyone here that has... God heals you not because you're worthy of it or because you're good enough or even because sometimes you're in right standing. He heals just because he's merciful. I mean, that's it. Pure and simple. But out of that moment... He calls you to himself. And if there's anybody here before you go, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. And so what we like to do at Legacy is we just give an altar call, we call it, or an invitation. And we invite people to come. And it's just a good, safe place for you to take your first stand in confessing Jesus Christ before men. And it's just what the Bible says we're to do. And so if there's someone here and you're wanting to get your life right, you're wanting to get back on track, if you've never made a profession of faith, I'm going to invite you right now to come and uh, just join me here. We're going to pray real briefly, and then we're going to cut you loose. But I don't want you to go. If you don't know the Lord, then you need to. If you're not right with God, then we need to get right before we go. If that's you, I'm going to give you just a few moments, just a few seconds. I know how the Holy Spirit works. He works sometimes by just knocking at the door, and we struggle a little bit. But right now, if that's you, Just come on. Just come on right now. And we'll love you and walk with you. And if that's you, just come on. I'm going to take just a moment. I can't wait. I can't wait long. But if that's you, just come on. Holy Spirit, I honor what you're doing in this room this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have touched people's lives. You've caused us to arise again unto our calling by which we've all been called. Lord, to be sons and daughters of God. And Lord, it's all you. It's you. It's you. It's none of us. Lord, it's all you. And we acknowledge that quickly, swiftly. And Lord, we just thank you that you would see fit to use people like us, Lord, in the earth, in order to represent you, to be ambassadors for you. 
And Lord, we're not just ambassadors in name alone, but we're ambassadors with the goods under the hood. And so, Lord, I pray right now for boldness upon your people. I pray right now that they might be once again just acutely aware of divine moments that they come in contact with that you're working in, that they might be able to speak a word or pray for somebody or touch a life in some what they might consider insignificant fashion, but Lord, it could be that act of faith which releases incredible, incredible power and favor. So Lord, let it be so. Let us be aware of that. And Lord, I thank you for who they are, what they've done. I thank you, Lord, for Lord linking up with what is happening at this local house. And so we just bless them as we go our separate ways. And Lord, let this week be a great week, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the people said, amen and amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you go. Hey, remember, Wednesday night, we're teaching again, so I hope to see you maybe in the middle of the week. All right? God bless you. You're released.